Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, what a week in the National Football League. Tom Brady retiring after 22 years. The lawsuit in Manhattan Federal Court, a class action suit filed by Brian Flores. We're going to talk about all of that and more with Sean Salisbury in just a moment. But first, today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Locally owned for over 20 years, New Works has a fix for you. Just go to newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-plumbing.com. And remember, if you have an emergency in the middle of the night, no problem because New Works is available 24-7. Again, that is newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-plumbing.com. Grant Napier talking to Sean Salisbury, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. How are you, partner? I'm doing good, man. Good to be with you. If you were putting together a football team, and you had the choice of taking any player that's played in the history of the National Football League, would you take Tom Brady first? Um and are all the teams – I get the first pick of all the time. Like I'm the You first get the first pick, pick of any player in the history of the NFL. Who are you taking? Him. Taking so that him. tells – so he's the greatest player, in your opinion, in the history of the National Football League. Greatest athlete? No, I, I've said it. It was funny. I was doing Dan Patrick's show about four or five years ago at the Super Bowl on his set, and it was, it was a Super Bowl Brady was about to be in, another one, right? I can't remember what year it was. And – and Dan, um, it might have been his last one in Houston. Was that about five years ago? Didn't he win one recently? He's won two in Houston, I think. Whatever. Yep. But Dan, I went on his set, and Dan asked me about Brady being the best quarterback. I said, Dan, it's no longer – he's not the best quarterback anymore. We, that, 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 that's not even an argument anymore. I said, this is the best football player. No disrespect to Jim, Jerry Rice or Jim Brown or the Randy Mosses. He's the best football player in NFL history. And I'm not sure how we can argue it much now either. Hardest position, toughest position, did it with two franchises, was durable, put the gaudy numbers up, won championships. I, I, I don't know what's now. If you're saying best athlete, a different story. If no, I don't saying, give a shit about athlete. Yeah, exactly. Who's quarterback, football, football player? Now, if we went and played in the park, I wouldn't take him first. You know, when you go with your buddies and play the tackle football in the park, I'm taking – you know, the Bo Jacksons or, or, or Randy Mosses of the world or somebody who can – a quarterback that can run his ass off and not be yeah. scrambled and throw, you know, uh, 80 yards but over the course of time. But, yeah, Brady, you start me with Brady. I got a real good chance now. The second and third pick will be pretty good picks too. But it's like now you have to take a quarterback if you're building a franchise. Yep. I mean, if we left all the current players up for draft right now, it wouldn't be till – you, you you wouldn't you'd be you'd be in the top like after pick ten before you took somebody not named a quarterback if you're smart yeah I mean and that means Devonta Adams great player and Cooper Cup but you ain't taking them in the top ten even though they're great you're taking you know Brady or Rodgers sure. and then Mahomes Mahomes probably be first now so yes you don't have to I don't hesitate it's it's Brady and I've been saying it for a long time I'm I'm exactly with Bill Belichick he's the best football player we've ever had. 
Yeah, if I'm in a park, I'm probably taking Jim Brown or I may take Dick Buckus because Dick would just scare the shit out of everybody on the offensive side of the football in a park and everybody would run home. So those would probably be (laughs) two of my guys. But with our buddies playing at a park, uh, it it ain't Brady. We're in a structured environment where you've got to carve you out and feed you your heart. I'll take Brady. Yes. (laughs) Pretty amazing. 22 years. The longevity the leadership, you know, we don't talk about the intangibles. I don't know if there's been a player in the history of the National Football League that had as many intangibles as he did. Think about his career. Think about how many times he, he was successful without what you would call real star skill people around him, right? I mean, when we think about great quarterbacks, you think about Joe Montana. He had John Taylor. He had Jerry Rice. He had a great backfield with Roger Craig. There were a lot of years where Brady was successful and you would have trouble right now even thinking about some of the receivers that he was successful with, which really tells me a lot about him as an individual. Well, part of the thing with uh, when we were talking about coaches, about what are some of the traits you'd want for a coach? For me, it's dynamic leader, maximize the room or the, the team, the room, the building, and hire a good coaching staff, have great people around you to assist you, you know, assistant coaches who know X's and O's. With a quarterback, it's the same thing. I need a guy who, one, is tough as 100-year-old leather physically, mentally, and emotionally, can handle pressure when when you're talking shit, uh, going to a visiting, all those things that you're starting to see the stuff Burrow has, that makeup, right? And then I got to know, dude, do you elevate your right guard and make him better? Do you take a lacrosse player, Chris Hogan, and make him a a, a big-time player? And now he's had Gronk and Randy Moss. Randy, not for very long. Imagine if he'd had Randy Moss for 12 years. Uh, imagine if Brady had him for as long as Minnesota did. I mean, think about that. So uh, you're, you're right. I've always said he, and he, when you say he did more with less, well, he had Belichick. Yeah, I know. And Bradshaw had Noel and Staubach had Landry and uh, Joe Montana had Bill Walsh. Okay. So save it when they say, well, he had more, you know, well, he had a great coach. Well, Mahomes gets Andy Reid. I think Brady, with the overall package, has done more with less than, than any great quarterback in history. I, I'll ask you this, Grant, back to you. Name me Hall of Famers on the offense that are going to end up in the Hall of Fame that Brady offensively that Brady has played with. Randy Moss is already in. Gronkowski. Yeah, but, you know, but, but Randy was there for such a short period of time. Right. Gronkowski. Um, Belichick, I'll put him in there if you want. He's the coach. You think Edelman? You think Edelman's a Hall of Famer? Okay. I, I listen. I, I understand kidding, and his postseasons have been. And he and Welker both. I, I think Edelman's going to get some serious consideration. Find out who gets to who. who who's the one champion in his cause and pounding the table for him? Right. Yeah. I, I think there. I think he's a listen. Think how long it took the Art Monks of the world and and guys like that to get in. I think Edelman. Numbers may say so. I just don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how it's going to hold up. The in the because slots came into it where they were so dominant. But yep. listen, Edelman could be in my Hall of Fame anytime. I think he, he's a fit, great player. I don't think he's a stone cold lock, and he sure as hell isn't going to be a first ballot guy, right? Yep. So maybe, okay, maybe. Let's say he gets in. I'll even give you that. Uh, I don't know. Is Logan Menkins, Matt Light. Uh, offensive line. I mean, they, they, man, those guys, Kevin, Kane, Logan, Menkins end up yep. playing somewhere else. And, you know, so you start, let's just say one offensive lineman over the course of his career. Right. And New England makes it. Who else? Offensively. Offensively. Yep. Who else? Who, who else? Right. I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else that would be a Hall of Fame from his 20 years in New England. Now, Mike Evans, if this, if his, if his role continues, Maybe Mike Evans for Maybe. two years. Evans, he's you know every year a thousand yard receiver. He's got a legitimate shot at this. Right. If this if it continues. So the point is, and I'm not saying it's only been Brady perfect storm, but think about it. He missed what like 14 games, like the year he got hurt. Otherwise, 21 seasons he's been durable. Yep. I mean, it's his durability is underrated. It, it really, I don't. No question. People just don't talk about. It. We talk about farms, and we should, and and Eli yep. and Peyton Manning, and yep. But this dude's durability is off the charts. So there's not, there's not, there's nothing. You, the only negative you can find is he wasn't a great runner, and he got better at a late career. So okay, so you found that. Find me another negative about him. 
about his game. You know, you just yeah. mentioned you just mentioned three quarter mentioned four, but it's very interesting to me. You mentioned Tom Brady, you mentioned Eli, you met, you mentioned Peyton, you met, you mentioned Brett Favre, who would play. You know, unless you cut his legs off, he's going out onto the field. All pocket passers. Now I know the game has changed, but I'm sorry. I'm looking at the 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 ability to be ready and play every week. And I just think if you're a running quarterback, you're going to get hurt. I know people would say, well, gee, Josh Allen hasn't really been hurt. There are exceptions, but I still, if I'm building a football team, I want a quarterback, I want a pocket passer. I want a guy in the pocket. That is the position of quarterback in the NFL. And who's, I mean, you want to talk about athletic ability. You put Brady and Eli Manning and Peyton Manning near the very bottom of the list of all the players that they played with throughout their entire careers, right? But what did they do? Of the four of them, I mean, you know, Brady played baseball. They're good other sport players. When I say athlete, runner, I mean, far maybe the best of them. They look like he probably is. The other, I mean, they're good players, but if you put them in like a superstars competition where they had to run, come on, and lift, no way, like no the chance. Old school days of ABC Wide World of Sports superstars like Kyle yep. Rope Jr. and the Mark Spitz and those guys were competing, they got no shot. That's not disparaging to them. It even more impressive how good a quarterback they were. Grant, let me and, and you hit it perfectly. And I'm even going to take it a step further, but we're on the exact same page with this. As my buddy Lorenzo Neal says. We are sitting in the church, same church in the same church pew with this decision, brother, is I want you to think hard. And I, I know one name that will come to mind that. And first off, there's no doubt we the, the dual threat guy used to be great runner can't throw when we labeled him dual threat. Now, when we say dual threat, we're like still a better runner, but can throw the best way to put it. I call it a two way quarterback. He can beat you two ways with his feet. I mean, from the pocket and extending the play. And the three-wayer is beat you from the pocket, sidestep, reset, and go. That's a two-way. The three-wayer is beat you from the pocket, maneuver and manipulate the pocket. That's the second way. And then beat you on the edge east and west. You just He just does crazy-ass stuff, right? I can tell you this. I want you to name me the last time. I have this argument. I know what some of the names are going to come up. Maybe not for me, but what they do, and I got to come back very simply. Name me the last time a runner first, pocket guy second won a Super Bowl. I got one that's fairly recent who's turned into a pocket guy, and I could argue that he's more pocket than people gave him credit for, but ran because he had to and had a monumental defense. Monumental defense. Run first. Pockets second, you, you, they, a guy that was a. Most people would have said scrambling quarterback, not pocket guy. That would have been a perception, but they're underrating his ability to deliver it from the pocket out of play action in the pocket. Let me make it easy on you. Russ Wilson. Oh, okay. Well, Fair okay. Enough. But Russ I, still, as you've seen him develop, he still beats you. He, he still has a lot of great pocket. He's a very. Yes. He's, the, he's one of the most efficient runners ever. Russ Wilson has a great job of getting out of the pocket and sliding down. He, he never he doesn't take those big hits, right? Yes. He gets into certain pockets outside the pocket and gets down. He's listen, if you want to teach how to get down and do it the right way, Russ Wilson could teach a clinic on that where he's not taking the monster hit. Yep. Still really good from the pocket, but if somebody wants to make the argument about that, that they thought, well, he's more of a scrambler first, I'll listen. I'll at least listen, but I'm going to counter you with some arguments and show you some tape. Fair enough. Name me another one that's one of that we have won a Super Bowl with the guy who runs first and throws from the pocket second. You know what? You ain't finding him. I'm going to tell you why. That doesn't exist. Roethlisberger. Well, we can go back to Elway. Now, right. here's the deal. When people say, well, Elway was a great scrambler. Yes. Sure. There's a difference between scrambler first can't beat you from the pocket and right can kill you from the pocket and extend the play and just and drive you crazy. Elway is who Josh Allen is now. That, that, that's who John is. Make all those plays. And and, and and the Mahomes, you know, John could throw it a country mile and kill you with his feet. Now, think about how good Steve Young would be in this era with his accuracy. Friggin', are you kidding me? And his feet? So, and when people say Steve Young, Steve Young was one of the great pocket passers we ever had. He'd run bootleg, pull up, 
accurate. Throw the ball to the flat. Hit the crosser now. He'd destroy you with his feet if he had to. Steve Young from the pocket, phenomenal pocket pattern. Marino, Kelly, and those guys didn't win Super Bowls. They went to them. But you can go with the Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Tom Brady. Uh, the list goes on and on. The list goes on. Josh Allen kills you with his feet. Josh Allen's a pocket passer who has an ability to do stuff that he didn't do. Look what happened in the second half of the game against Cincinnati. Pat Mahomes kind of got out of character. Did not one of the worst games you'll see him play in a half. Absolutely. He started doing all the stuff yeah. that he does and at times he gets away with. And guess what? It didn't work that time for him. Mahomes is still a pocket guy who's an off-schedule no question. pocket guy. Yes. Joe Burrow destroyed them with his feet. He made some great, great plays with his feet. There ain't a soul alive that's going to tell you that Burrow's a runner first and a pocket guy second. No. I call no. it Grant. I call it – picture the hula hoop you used growing up when you you see. Stick that in the pocket. If you can beat me from there, you are going to be golden. And the greatest yep. players in the world – beat you from there now the greatest players in the world now we've got to a point where they can beat you from there what makes brady so amazing is that he still never had to expand his game to be an, a, a runner to get you 50 yards the ball comes out so good with on time and accuracy he used his arm as his check down and an extension of the run right where he get out his arm yep. oh, let me get it to that guy real quick so if you can visualize people i call it beat you beat me from the hula hoop in the pocket if you can't beat me from there yep and tell the next that that level of great player and Kyler's getting is good at it but getting better. Lamar Jackson, um, even Josh Allen, as he continues to improve from there, or guys like that. You, if you can't beat me from there, I can't. I I, I doubt I'm going to win a championship with you anytime soon. All right, let's get to the big news of the week: the lawsuit, Brian Flores, class action, federal court in New York City. Now we're going to get into a lot of these things. I'm just going to give you. My quick synopsis here. This is a disaster for the National Football League, regardless of what the outcome of this is the week before the Super Bowl. That's first and foremost. No matter how this turns out, this is a really bad time for the National Football League. I understand Roger Goodell is paid by the owners. I know he's done a lot of really good things for the National Football League. In my opinion, he's failed with social justice issues in the NFL. He's failed with domestic violence in the NFL. And I can go on and on. This is another bad look. And again, I'm waiting for the facts to come out. And I will talk about Stephen Ross in Miami. I want to talk about what Hugh Jackson said in Cleveland, because that is the integrity of the game. If these allegations are true, that gets right to the integrity of the game. And oh, yeah, by the way, the billion-dollar enterprise that is called gambling on football and everything else, that is going to be such a black eye for the National Football League if those allegations are proven true. And again, I go back to Roger Goodell. He's the commissioner of the National Football League. Do we need different leadership right now moving forward in the NFL, Sean? It's close, Grant. The biggest mistake he made when he first came, and he's going to get elected to the Hall of Fame. You do know this because of the money and the TV yeah. contracts and what he did. Roger Goodell's biggest mistake in any commissioner in any league that does this is making a mistake. You're the biggest voice. You're, uh, you're most likely the most, if you're the commissioner of the National Football League, you're the most powerful guy in sports. Mo, mo, at least you should be. You and some TV executive, right? I mean, uh -huh. in truth, that's throwing the, the, the money out there or some big sponsorship, but Roger Goodell. And with that, he should have, the second he got the job, say, I will never be in the discipline business. You hire people for that. He finally did after a while, but there was damage done. You get out of it because then you can, you're the guy over here that you're separated from it. Now you're overseeing it and you can come in and say, we got to do better. I'm going to make sure my people do better. It's not you're blaming them, but as the commissioner, I don't want you to be the reason you're, you don't need to be the judge, the jury, the execution, all that. You should have done that right from the get-go. Matter of fact, that should have been on your plate the first time you met with your committee when you first got being the commissioner. Put that aside. Yeah, I think that we're, we're not far away. The, there, I don't think there'll be another contract for him. I, I don't. I think this one, the 45 or $55 million a year that he's making, I think this will be the last one. If you're Roger, you're probably tired and probably it's time. I, I mean, we put time limit. I mean, 
we, we should be doing the same thing to politicians. I don't even know if we, have, we may not have a time, you know, a term limit, but we need them for some and probably yep. on, on jobs like this, too, because the, 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 the grind. Now, yep. we can all do a job for 50 million bucks a year, I'm sure. Still no stressful. But for, for Goodell leadership, it, it's coming down the pike and and he has failed on some. And commissioners do. The problem is he's failed on some monster issues. Yes. And yes. he succeeded on. So he, listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. The NFL yep. will be indebted to him forever, and he's made a lot of people a lot more money. He's a hence why they keep paying him fifty yep. million a year because he knows how to get him paid. And billionaires yep. like to get paid; they don't like to lose. So, in this case, and it is, it's a horrible look to start Grant going in the biggest week of the football season. Trouble. And no matter what happens, and remember everything we say about the Flores thing, about what about the the, the the lawsuit. For me, there's going to be an if attached, like you said. We're going to let it run its course and That's find right. out. I'm listen. We, I'm not burying somebody with a court of public opinion on Twitter, no. but the court of public opinion is a black eye for the NFL right now. There's today, no question. No question. All right, yep. I'm going to read. I'm going to read this statement from the owner of the Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross, last night. With regards to the allegations being made by Brian Flores, I am a man of honor and integrity and cannot let them stand without responding. I take great personal exception to these malicious attacks, and the truth must be known. His allegations are false, malicious, and defamatory. We understand there are media reports stating that the NFL intends to investigate his claims, and we will cooperate fully. I welcome that investigation, and I am eager to defend my personal integrity and the integrity and values of the entire Miami Dolphins organization from these baseless, unfair, and disparaging claims. Here's the bottom line. There are two issues here. There's the racial component, and then there is the incentive to to lose on purpose and $100,000, which was alleged by Brian Flores. Those strong remarks by the owner of the Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross, there's no mistake what he just said there. What he is just saying is Brian Flores is a liar. So here it is, in my opinion. There's no middle ground here. Either Brian Flores is lying or Stephen Ross is lying, okay? And I don't know because I've not been in that situation. But if I'm Stephen Ross and I know that those allegations against me are true, am I coming out with a statement that says his allegations are false, malicious, and defamatory because if it is proven that the allegations by Brian Flores as it relates to the Dolphins are true, if you, I mean, well, you, no, you, really, would you, would you make a statement like that? If you're a billionaire owner and you know it's true, if you thought what Brian Flores said, if you said, oh my gosh, he got me, I can't believe he said this, but they are true and you're sitting at home with your wife or whoever yeah. you're with or your attorney, you know what you say? Uh, let's let's put this thing up for sale for four billion dollars and get out before it gets too bad. Absolutely, that's, that's what you'd say. Now, all these ifs involved. Okay, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. So we'll see. Somebody, you're right, Grant. And this somebody's either fabricating or lying. And I know people are going to blame it on. Let me hit the race thing first because the one thing you're talking about, the race thing, could bring the NFL and change the scope of what we yes. do. And let's hope when it comes to fair hiring practices. It does. We'll hit the race thing for the entire NFL and how they hire. I'm focused on the Dolphins right now, right? Yes. I I, I don't know how you. I don't. I'm not in those buildings. I don't know, but I don't. I mean, a lot of the minority owners, celebrity, are 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 minorities and minority owners with the Dolphins. So if there was a race issue with that, I'd think that some of them would like. I don't want to affiliate myself with them. So I don't know. And I also know that the GM Chris Greer is African American, and Brian Flores was fired. He's black. And he was hired when he, he was black. He was, I mean, an African-American hired, went through the process. Miami hired him. And now they got rid of him. And it's not because of X's and O's. It's because of the power and because of this stuff or something that there's there's other issues going on. Whether But he's proven it. And I'm not a lawyer. It would seem that race in Miami doesn't seem to be the big issue, at least because you're general man. I, I would imagine in a court, it's going to be tough to prove, right? Unless there's yes. 50 other people in the building that say, oh, yeah, he's dropped this word and he said right. this and he told me. We don't, all those things. And I don't even know if Brian's even making a big old argument against Miami 
about the race thing. Miami, Correct. the discriminatory, or, you know, trying to lose, but Correct. I don't know if race, and I, I'd have to read the whole thing, but I yep. I think that the Miami stuff is more the illegal, the gambling, wanting to Agreed. lose. Because he was, he was hired by a, he's been through, I think, nine interviews, he said, and he got hired once, and Miami was the team that hired him. So I would imagine that's an opportunity that the race thing, I don't know if he's playing that that, that with Miami, right? But and and we'll get to that in the rest of the league. But as far as this stuff, Grant, I'm telling you, I said this on my show to open the show yesterday. If this is true, that this did happen. Oh boy. The, the collateral damage, but what you're doing, you you put players in, in a in a precarious, dangerous situation, whether they knew it or not. You've put a coaching staff, you put a coach. Now imagine the stupidity. I'm sitting here thinking, who would do this? Because if he does do it. And they lose the court of public opinion. Dolphins fans, everybody's going to want him fired. So he lost a job because he tried to lose for you. And then are you going to come out and say, oh, yeah, I paid him for us to lose. Well, you're not going to do that. And if you're winning, well, then you're going to keep him. And if you keep losing and you're paying him, I mean, I don't know how anybody would have thought if this is true that this would end well for Stephen Ross, right? I agree. And this, And here's the next thing. He's a billionaire. He's got to be smart with attorneys around. Like I said, can you imagine... No, this isn't going to just stop at the NFL if it's true. Racketeering, oh boy, federal charges. Absolutely. This is one of those things where forget getting slapped on the hand and being forced to sell no. your team. Oh, this no. is when those dudes in in windbreakers yes. and or the yes. show up at your door and knock. They ain't there to high five your dumbass. They're there That's to right. say, motherfucker, come on down here. And when they and here's what they do know: when they interview you, they already know the answers to the test, brother. They're waiting to see if you're going to make sure you answer it right because they got yep. you from it. They're, they're showing up at their door when they got you. And so if he did do this, this is federal prison racketeering, gambling. This is this is this blows it out of the water. It, I'm it, talking it, about out of the water. The domino effect is gigantic. It is yes. absolutely gigantic. If so, the allegations are true, right. it will be a very difficult period of time for the NFL to fully recover from this. Oh, there's no, and here's the last thing about that, Grant, whether it's Brian Flores yep. or Stephen Ross and anybody in between in the Miami organization, not even Cleveland withstanding, just Miami, that if Brian, you know, you mentioned, well, somebody's lying, right? Somebody's, yep. somebody's lying. Yep. Guess what that means? Yes, guess what the what they're going to find out? They're going to look at all that game tape. And I don't mean the literal game, but all the receipts that you're going to show receipts, dude. Did you take it? Did you not? Did you take a dollar? Did somebody else hear it? Oh, Stephen Ross, she said it's not true. Show the receipts. I mean, you, if people to both of them for Brian and for Stephen Ross, because these are hefty. When the feds somehow yep. get involved, in oh no, you're, they're going to find out the truth. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. Right. And you're and, and if you okay. if you're saying it without receipts, you're going to be in trouble. So you better both sides better oh, have boy. the receipts to pay off if that's the case. All right. Now I want to get to Denver. John Elway also has come out and made a public statement after Brian Flores accused the Denver Broncos of a sham interview. Here is John Elway's comments. While I was not planning to respond publicly to the false and defamatory claims by Brian Flores, I could not be silent any longer with my character, integrity, and professionalism being attacked. 
I took Coach Flores very seriously as a candidate for our head coaching position in 2019 and enjoyed our three-and-a-half-hour interview with him. Along with the rest of our group, I was prepared, ready, and fully engaged during the entire interview as Brian shared his experience and vision for our team. It's unfortunate and shocking to learn for the first time this week that Brian felt differently about our interview with him. For Brian to make an assumption about my appearance and state of mind early that morning was subjective, hurtful, and just plain wrong. If I appeared disheveled, as he claimed, it was because we had flown in during the middle of the night, immediately following another interview in Denver, and were going on a few hours of sleep to meet the only window provided to us. I interviewed Brian in good faith, giving him the same consideration and opportunity as every other candidate for our head coaching position in 2019. Flores made some less than stellar remarks about the disheveled Elway insinuating that they had been out drinking all night, okay? So here's John Elway, who felt that he needed to come out and make a similar statement to Stephen Ross, although they're for two completely separate reasons. So again, what I'm saying here, as we get into the infancy of this lawsuit, we're just in the baby steps, we're already hearing two completely different versions of a story and the allegations. Well, Brian, Brian knows this going in. He's he, if it doesn't work out right, he's committed career suicide. I mean, in football wise. Now, listen, you want to talk about balls, Grant. He got some stones now, right? In the prime of his career, coming off two winning seasons. Yeah. To feel and and I and we'll get into the the hiring practices across the league is he he's got guts because he's not he was the cycle wasn't even over. He's still alive apparently in in possibly New Orleans, still alive for a job, I mean, in, in New Orleans and possibly in Houston. Now, whether they got the guts to pull the trigger after this, we'll see. I don't think so. Aside from Doug Peterson of this cycle, the guys are getting interviewed. Yeah. Brian Flores, I'm talking about on the surface, I don't know about in the building or his interviewing skills, but was is definitely qualified, more qualified than than Josh McCowan or no question. Just right. Yes. There's no doubt we're doubting him as a football coach. No right? question. But I think that put it this way: the Denver thing's going to go away quickly. He had five guys. Brian said six guys. Him and five others. I guess what he meant: the five guys in the room. It's going to go away quickly because subjective is exactly right. Did, did, did was there a breathalyzer? Now people are going to say, "Well, John's been known to have a beer." I've had plenty. I've, I've, John and I have had beer sitting on a beach on a boat where you have beers and do it. And John was nothing but a pro and have a beer. No Who cares. Right. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. Right. And I'm not, it's not, I'm defending the interview for either guy. Cause I wasn't frigging there, but I'll Me fucking neither. tell you this. Me neither. If I was that way, I'd have defended it too. And anybody that's been on a plane or disheveled or comes in three and a half hour interviews. And I'm sure they got notes from that. Yep. You can, that, that you can check. Yes. Yeah, I mean, people coming in and out of yes. the building and, I would say that five guys in a building and one guy not in a building, I mean, one guy who's came into the building, yep. I would say the Denver Broncos thing is going to be, that that's going to go away fairly quickly. I would agree with you. Do you and think it it's, should. Do you it think, should. Do you think it is odd? Because I think this is odd. And I'm not an attorney. You're not an attorney. So he had an interview with the Giants, I believe, last week, I believe, on the 28th. And then the Bill Belichick test and everything. So you're telling me that only a few hours later, a few days later, he comes out with a 50, what was it, eight-page lawsuit. So, you know, this had to be going on for a while while he was going through the interview process. What would have happened had the New York Giants hired him? You would there? Okay. But, but, but my point is he was going through the interview process saying, if I don't get hired – I'm lowering the boom on the National Football League. Yeah. I would love to know how long this lawsuit was in the works because there's no way that that lawsuit was put together in a couple of days. You'd think you and I were talking about this for a week or since it came out, and we have not discussed this, you and I, just so our listeners and, and viewers yeah. know this. Is, and I, I listen, 
one thing I, I'm not good at much, but one thing I am fair about is I never assume guilt with anybody. You know what I'm saying? With it yep. until I know I'm not there. I don't need to be first. Yep. And I know you're the same way. I don't need to be Correct. first. I'd rather be tenth and right than first in fucking burying somebody, whether it's Brian or Elway yep. or Stephen Ross. Now we all have perceptions of guys we don't, you know, eh, that guy bugs me, but I'm still giving them the benefit of the doubt until they prove me wrong. It's like a book. I'm saying humans are more important, but you read a book and you say, Sean, it sucks ass. I'm going to read the book. And if I love it, oh, well, you know, we see it from a different light. I loved the book. You didn't. Same thing in an interview or what have you. Sometimes people suck at interviewing. Sometimes people don't aren't good. And sometimes like any, in any walk of what life in the world, we'll get to the proper way to do the interview, but of people just, sometimes people hire people they feel that, that, that they've had a relationship with. That happens in coaching. Happens to white guys, happens to black guys. It's not the equality of hiring. It's the equality of opportunity is what we need to change, right? And then it's up to that guy when he's in the interview to sell himself. Sure. Especially, but it's got to be legitimate. But back to this Giants thing. It's funny you say that. I did have a pretty, a, a pretty popular in, attorney in town on my show yesterday. And I said, a guy I know, and he's a very opinionated guy. The exact same thing you said. I said, wait a minute now. This happened. Brian came out two days ago. And he was through the process like a couple days before that. And I know that the, 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 the firm he had is a high-powered attorney's office. Yep. with a whole bunch of people and I'm sure clerks and all that. I asked the same thing. I said, I'm trying to – and I'm not saying there was an agenda. I hope the agenda – I hope for everybody and especially Brian – especially that he's, what, 40 in his coaching prime, that he that the agenda is to change it so everybody has a fair shot. And there is – it's a bummer. So however many years ago we put the Rooney rule in, not bummer that we put it in, that our society is so fucked up that we had to put it in and say, you got to give people more of an opportunity. Why would anybody not – I would hope that everybody does it, but we'd be naive to think that it doesn't exist in some shape. There is race issues. There is hiring issues. It's Great just point. a worry. You know, we put in a Rooney rule so you'd give worthy candidates a legitimate chance, which it's, I, I can't believe that our society, that Great we wouldn't, point. Give, it wouldn't matter if it's a, a female, a male, if you're the best candidate, I'm hiring. I don't care about the color of your skin. Great but unfortunately, point. not everybody thinks like that. So the, 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 the idea of the rule is spectacular, right? What we yep. want to get done with it. Unfortunately, there are some racists, whoever that may be that brings them in and doesn't take them serious and is fulfilled is checking a box and gets them out that doesn't get it and they ruin it for the ones who do get it so we do have to change it but i said the same thing grant i thought okay regardless i hope the agenda is to change the interview process so everybody gets a fair shot because we need that we do yes. in executive positions we need people in the room that don't look like you and me Right. So they so for different perspectives. We need that in all walks of life. But I'm thinking, how in the world in a matter of two days, if you had remember, he said, well, I was deciding whether I wanted to file a lawsuit. I didn't know. So you're going in for an interview. The text set you off, not because of Bill, but the timing of it. And I feel bad for Belichick because he was trying to be nice to Brian Dable. And it, yeah. you know, it was unfortunate how it worked out timing. But it opened up this. The, 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 if there was a can of worms, it kicked it wide open. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you get a 50 plus page document so precise? Can't. Going all the way back to like two thousand in the earlier 2000s, they're like talking about, oh, when Steve Mariucci was hired by the Lions. I mean, it went back. I mean, there was detail. Yeah. And I asked the attorney that, and he said, well, Sean, it's a high powered group. Probably I would imagine they got a bunch of their people together and went, they, they can pump stuff out because they got people doing research and you pay them money and they get going and they got a big group of people. But even then, to be efficient and hit it all right, it seems like that's such a – it would seem like it would take months from – and I, I'm not a lawyer, but it would seem like it would take longer. But I don't believe that – it's hard for me to believe you could pump out something like that in four days or five I, days. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's possible. But I will tell you, if he got the Giants job, I, I believe this. Or if he would have gotten – let's say the Texans a week ago yep. would have hired him. I don't know because career-wise, you know, you're sitting here saying – Okay, I know that this needs to change, and I can be a voice for it. I think Brian would have still been a voice for it. I just don't think you would have seen a lawsuit filed. Do you think the Texans would have hired <laughs> Brian Flores had it not been for this lawsuit? Do you think he'd I be think, the next head coach of the Texans? I, I actually still think they'd be wise to do it. Okay. 
Because think about the narrative of the franchises. They've had racist talk in the past about, remember when Mr. McNair, before he passed away, talked about inmates running the, and that, the people in town. There are people in this town that think that the McNair family has race issues. There, it, it's racist. Mike Silver, Mike Silver has come out and absolutely said the exact same thing, not thinks, and I, intimated and talked about the race with this ownership group, the racism. Right. So they have that, and the, the dad's gone, and now it's Cal McNair, and they go going through all the Watson stuff and getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, some of the stuff yep. they've done. So there's a lot of dysfunction that follows it around. And I'm not saying you just hire Brian Flores because, well, let's do this so we get the PR, that we turn the, the tide on the PR, but – if you love Brian Flores still, yep, and you got a set of balls, and you don't care if the other thirty-one owners think, and you say, "We're not involved in this. We're hiring the best coach possible." If they actually, you know what the narrative would do for that bill? I mean, it would shift yeah, on its access. Okay, but you played in the NFL, and I've always heard this: every coach, everyone in the National Football League will tell you the one thing that they do not want in their locker room is a distraction, and our distractions. If they hire Brian Flores, does this not become a huge distraction? Because what happens, and again, I'm only saying what, because you and I don't know. What happens if it is proven that Stephen Ross did not try to incentivize Brian you Flores? Around, you possibly got to turn around and fire Brian Flores, right? That's right. If you hired and, but, but, but while all of this is going on and all of the innuendos and rumors and all the bullshit that happens in our society now – does that not become a big distraction for whomever, for whatever team hires Brian Flores? And the, and, the, and the distraction to try and stay focused as the coach on your job and your assistants. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. And can you handle it? That's why I say you can't hire, whether it's him or anybody else, white or minority or not, you better hire somebody you love, not like, right? But in this situation, I'll tell you the group that wouldn't have a problem with it is guys in a locker room. Because he's a well-respected coach, you yeah. know what I'm saying. If they brought, yeah, they yeah, wouldn't yeah. even question. They say, "Let's." We're all. Matter of fact, you'd probably shift the dysfunctional narrative they've had here and say, "Let's go, right? Yeah, let's go." And remember, David Cully is African American, and they hired yeah. him. But now the talk, well, they fired him after one year. Blah blah blah. Yep, right? yep, like, yep. But David Cully wasn't a great head coach. David Cully's a great man, a great assistant with great sure. integrity, but they, they, they was not qualified for the head coaching job when they hired him. I mean, yep. as far as he'd never been a coordinator, but he'd been, well, when I say not qualified, he'd been an assistant for 30 years, so qualified. No, I understand. Way, but you, but I don't yeah. think people thought that this was a home run hire. Brian Flores, a lot of people in my show think Brian Flores is still a home run hire today, but I have said it. I said, you really want to change the narrative on your franchise and get the best candidate that's still available, hire Brian Flores regardless of what they think. and put That'll show you're putting trust in a guy and you're believing him. Now, you do take the risk. That oh my gosh, but this franchise doesn't like any of this franchise has always been known as that's why the Watson situation they don't they wouldn't even want to bring, if he wanted to come back they don't want to bring him back that's at least the talk so I get that it, it is but yeah I I think Brian I think Brian's onto something it would have would have continued his championing the cause for come on guys we got to do better in our hiring practices yep. but I don't yep. think had he been hired that a lawsuit would have been filed in Manhattan. I think he'd had information, but I think that it would have been, I got a job. I'm going to try to help this from my platform yep. with the Tony Dungies of the world and get yes. Mike Tomlins. And, and it and needs to be done. Change this, yes. but in a positive way, not in a, I got to go in and go, you know, guns to blazing. You make a great point, And we need that in the National Football League. I don't even think that's debatable. But here's the issue. And you and I talked about this at the start of, the, of this show. This is a fucking disaster for the National Football League leading up to the Super Bowl because this is not this is a multi-layered lawsuit and the investigations that are going to be forthcoming and I'm with you we already know that there's inequity in terms of minority hiring in the NFL we know that already okay got to get better absolutely That's, right we already know that but the other allegations are so serious as it relates to Stephen Ross, if it can be proven that Stephen Ross did indeed try to incentivize Brian Flores with $100,000 per loss, the domino effect, as you pointed out, in the National Football League, this is going to be felt for a long time because it goes right to the integrity of the league. Listen, I went through this with the NBA and David Stern when the allegations came out about Tim Donaghy, okay? And they determined it was a rogue official 
But David Stern, that was a crisis in the NBA because, again, it goes to the integrity of your sport. If you have an owner, and then when you have Hugh Jackson come out and say the same thing in Cleveland, that reverberates throughout the league in such a negative way. And with the gambling and everything else, this is a fucking disaster right now for the National Football League. Okay? This is as bad as the NFL. This is the worst case scenario entering 2022 and leading up to the Super Bowl. Yes, because then you know what the all the other owners, people are going to investigate them. You're bringing yes. up trouble to them. Even yes. they, they're guilt by association, even if they didn't do one thing wrong. You're also we are now pushing gambling bigger than we ever had in sports. We're putting kiosks in stadiums, and the timing of it couldn't be worse. Correct. Gambling, yes. The Stephen Ross situation, bad. And then finally, listen, if you're a big sponsor and you're giving Ford Motor Company or Chevrolet, you're giving big money, now you've got to go and hold court with all the CEOs of all those big sponsors who spend oh boy. $8 million bucks for a 30-second or 60-second ad and explain to them, this is a isolated incident if it happens, or two of them. And then if all of a sudden Cleveland and Haslam's involved with oh that, boy. and now we're talking what? And remember, Stephen Ross also is involved, I think, has a stake in something to do with a gambling company. I mean, yep. it's crazy. Like I said, yep. this is all if. Here's the one fact that is, that's not if, the, 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 the one fact. And I've been fortunate now, and I mean this sincerely, having played all those years and covered it and coaching it and being around yep. a lot of people, I don't profess one second to know when, a, when an African-American goes in, other than when they tell me. I've yep. had talks with Tony Dungy when he was in Minnesota before he got a job. See, Tony was our defensive coach in Minnesota, and we always want to – it's only a matter of time before Tony gets a job. Tony – and he did. But is there a better guy in sports than Tony Dungy? No. And who would not want to hire him because the color of his skin? But I'm sure he went through it because he had to wait. And, 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 and he's been a champion of this cause as well. Yep. Yep. But I don't profess to know when we say, oh, yeah, man, I, I know what they're going through. No, you don't. I don't either. I've lost out on jobs before. To, to all races and all kinds. But I, I I wouldn't know walking in the door when I open it up and the first thing some some dumbass sitting there that's interviewing you looks at me and says, well, you're already eliminated because the color of your skin. I don't know what that would feel like. I, I don't. And I'm not being dramatic. I'm just saying I don't know. So I can imagine for Eric Bieniemy, 11 interviews or whatever, and being shut out that that's had to enter. I'm, I'm not speaking for EB, but had to enter his mind, right? I don't blame him. Brian Flores, one out of nine. I mean, I get why you're like, wait a minute, Jim Caldwell. Guy, guy turned to Trent around and won, and all of a sudden he's not the coach there. I mean, are you out of your friggin' mind? So I get it. So of all these things, the if with Stephen Ross, if with you know Jimmy Haslam, if in Denver, if with the Giants, here's one thing there is no if about. Somehow, some way, and I don't know the full answer, but the championing of the cause has to be worthy candidates, but we have got to create equality. And some, and I don't know how you do it, Grant, because I don't know the DNA of the guys that are doing the interviewing when you walk into a room. Yep. I don't know how you change. They can sit there and say, listen, we, we interviewed him six hours like we did everybody else. And we thought, and then you don't want to be the, the coach who just gets hired because, well, they've shifted. They're only hiring me or not hiring me because the color of my skin. You want it to be you are the best candidate and you'll take it, right? And so I get it. That's There's no if about this. We have been, our society, it's society and sports and football and the NFL have been negligent in their approach in that interview room or allows, allowing them to get to the interview room and doing it right. I'd say, and that's the, it's not a blanket statement. I'm not, you can't say that about the Roonies. I mean, good gracious, there's, you, you just can't. But I'm sure there are some, because unless you're living in a bubble or you're stupid or you have no IQ or no, 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 you don't know the room at all, to say that, oh, it doesn't exist anywhere in football, you're, you're out of your mind when it comes to hiring, right? Of course it exists. So there's no way of that now. To the extent, I guess you can put ifs on it. I don't know how, how deep the extent is because I don't know when the Giants sit down in the meeting room or the Vikings or the Broncos or the Dallas Cowboys, if the guy doing the interviewing has any hatred towards a different color of somebody's skin. I don't know. or But I do know what does exist is that some guys – you come in, there's eight guys come in. You already know in your mind, okay, that's my leading candidate. 
Now, if somebody wows me, black, white, then maybe we'll yep. change. Let me finish this part of this with you, and you, you'll, you'll, this story will boggle your mind a little bit. And this validates what Brian Flores, that part, that there is no ifs about that we've got to get better at it because it, 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 it's, it's detrimental and, and minorities deserve a better shot to be leading franchises, owning franchises, leading teams, and calling plays for teams and coaching teams. 2005, I think it was, that was a year, Orange Bowl, USC playing Oklahoma. Remember that game when SC hung 50-plus on? I'm standing around during pregame. I'm there as a fan. Did work all week for it. Then there, and Norm Chow, the, the great offensive coordinator, who was running all some of these, these offenses now, he and Lavelle Edwards and those guys were running these plays back in, when, when Gifford Nielsen and Mark Wilson and all that McMahon were doing it. We've just changed it up. We, we've changed the wrapper as far as the names on the back of the jerseys. But they were running these concepts back then. People used to go to watch BYU to clinic BYU because they were so ahead of the game. And Norm Chow, Roger French, Lavelle Edwards were at the center of it. And I've known Norm since I was 17 years old. He recruited me in one of the finest men and brightest football minds ever. My family, my mom and dad friggin' loved Norm Chow. And so I've stayed in touch with Norm over all those all these years. And he's coached Rivers and Carson Palmer. Everything he touched at BYU turned to gold, right? I mean, he's been his hand that's been on quarterbacks, they've all been successful. He's been phenomenal. And so there was always that time like, when's Norm's chance, right? And, and like, we, they always ask it. And I know he did too. And one of the toughest decisions I ever had to do was turn down BYU because Lavelle and, and I knew we were going to throw it. And then I like, God, put me in that offense. I might throw for 8 billion yards. You know, I, that, that's how you think. it. And so if I stayed in touch with Norm, I stand on the step. I walk out on the field during a sideline pass. I'm talking to Norm before the game. Biggest game of the year, national title. He put in another game plan. And we're standing behind at the, at the center of the field. And the game ends and I see him. Celebrations going on. They kick their rear in. I put my arm around him. I said, it's time, was my exact quote to him. They just hung 50 plus. I said, it's time. He hugs me and he goes, he was emotional, but getting into it. And Norm was never a self-promoter, not a loud guy, Hawaiian. So it's not just, listen, African-Americans going through, but there's plenty of like Samoans and they've had a hard time breaking in in that spot too, right? In Hawaiian. Well, I said, it's time. And he knew exactly what I was talking about. And I said, well, so this is going to be your last game here because it's time you got to get hired as a head coach. Now, he eventually got to Hawaii, but I'm talking about a big job. Well, because he's not a table-pounding loud guy. He looks at me and he says, Sean, uh, he goes, I don't, think, I don't think it's going to happen. I looked at him and I said, there was no at that time, when you think about what he'd done with quarterbacks and offenses, there was no better resume right. available for a head coaching job in America. And he looks at me in the square in the face, and I know he wouldn't mind me telling this because I love him like family. He said, Sean, I don't think it's going to happen. I said, what are you talking about? This is just another validation. I said, why? And he said, because the color of my skin. And Norm wasn't allowed. He, he, no, he wasn't one of those guys. That was, he didn't want to bait anybody. He didn't complain to the public. I'm doing it for him. But when he said that to me, it took me. This was in 2005. This is 16 years, seven, whatever. It's been 17 years. And I was shocked. And I thought, he has to go through that because when he walks in the door, he taught, has a little, he doesn't speak like somebody else might. He's just very calm and he, he's Hawaiian. And he was right. And the only team that ever hired him as a head coach, Hawaii. Oh, but Norm was good enough to be everybody's offensive coordinator and offensive program changer offensively, right? And changing quarterbacks. Carson Palmer without Norm Chow, as good as Carson is, ain't winning that Heisman Trophy. He came back in after Carson's and he turned his, he, he got Carson going again. And Carson's phenomenal. He said, because of my skin, is what he told me. And I'm like, are, are you kidding me? And I, 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 to this day, what else would it have been, uh, well, Grant? What else would it have been? I tell people, I said, go look at his resume. Oh, that's all I ever asked him to do. Now the time's passed. Norm, you know, Norm's never getting that gig. And in Hawaii, it's tough to succeed on a regular basis. Of course. I said, go look at, I go, I said, go, go look at his resume. Find me somebody who's better that never, in that situation, never got at big programs. And I love him and I'm sorry for him, which makes me feel bad for others that are going to go, yep. that already have, and that are going to go through the same thing. Whether we like it or not, somebody's going to deny them because of practices that aren't sufficient enough. Great story. Sad. 
But that's the reality that so many minorities live with every single day. And I have shared a lot of my stories on my podcast. I moved down to South Florida, and over 90% of my friends down here are people of color. And you know what's great? And I say people of color because some want to be called black. Others want to be referred to as African-American. Others don't want to be referred to either or because they're from a Caribbean island, even though they have dark skin. So I've learned that. They go, just say people of color. And you know what, Sean? You know what's great? We'll go out, have a beer. We'll have a meal. And we'll end up talking for three, four, five, and I'm not shitting you, six hours sometimes. And we talk about all of these issues and we share stories And when you hear the stories, I'm just telling you, it just makes you, it gives you chills to think, God, I didn't have to deal with that. And it's, un. and I know you've shared, you know, not to go off on a tangent. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I had Mike Lamb, your good buddy, my good buddy, on my podcast a year ago. And Mike said when he grew up in Clovis, he grew up in a redneck community, and he only knew what he knew. And he didn't know anything other than that. Well, people don't know he said, California's outside of right. Clovis, California's in the central California. So, yes. so people know, right. And he told me on the show, when he got to USC, it changed his life. Being around Marcus Allen and Ronnie Lott and so many other black players, because he had never experienced that in his life. And he learned about a whole new culture. And then he said something on my show, which I've always repeated because he is so fucking spot on. He said, you know, he goes, what you really need to do is you need to go up to a stranger. You need to go up to somebody that doesn't look like you, that doesn't sound like you, and ask them to go to lunch or get a cup of coffee. And he said something that was so spot on. He said, you're going to find out that you have so much more in common with that person than you could have ever imagined. And I've experienced that down here. And he is so right. And I just thought it was great coming from a guy who grew up in a very narrow visioned community of Clovis. He called it a redneck community. And he said he didn't know any better. And he didn't I, know I, any better. As a teammate of our guy, Mike Lamb, for four years, Mike Lamb never walked on campus with one ounce because he was willing to listen. There mm-hmm. wasn't one ounce of racist bone in Mike Lamb's body. Amen. Ever. ever. Matter of fact, Oh, the other thing, they everybody loved Clam, man. He was the he, everybody. <laughs> he was a great storyteller, and and I, I feel that one of the greatest blessings in my life is I grew up in Escondido, which is yep. heavy Hispanic, and you know, and so I was fortunate to be around all walks of life and playing sports. I'm blessed, but one of the greatest blessings in my life is the locker room, not yep. just for the stories of the laugh stories, but the stories to know what my buddies went through before mm-hmm. they walked on to either USC's campus but or or in a professional locker room. And Mike's exactly right. You, you're more common. You also don't know what you don't know, right? That's right. Once you hear stories, you say, damn, I thought I went through a, it was, it was something. And you say, that's nothing compared to what, because the color of your skin, not because your ability, because the color of your skin. And I felt blessed because I was fortunate to have conversations with guys like Tony Dungy in Minnesota, with Warren Moon, who was the first African-American inducted in the Hall of Fame quarterback. Right. And Warren and I used to have the conversation. Imagine my buddy Warren, and he tells phenomenal stories. And at no point in time in Warren Moon's life has he ever woe is me and, and blamed, uh, you know, that he came out of University of Washington as the Rose Bowl MVP and had to go to the CFL to prove himself when everybody else in the world knows that Warren didn't get his initial shot in the NFL because he was a black quarterback. It's That's the, right. It's he had to go to the black. CFL. Yeah. And then what's he do? He walks in here and every damn one of them now looks back and says, uh, that was a quarterback who happened to be black. We should have had revisionist history says, boy, we had a lot to learn. And when Warren tells these stories and then make it yep. into the Hall of Fame, and when he got the call to pull over to the side of the road 
in Canton, Ohio. Um, not Canton, Ohio, but at the Super Bowl. The, the week yeah, yeah. Super, you know they get to get to Canton, Ohio, but pull over the side of the road when he got the call before they you know knocking on doors and had to park his car after he got the call. I said, What? Then he was going to the Hall of Fame. He said, I was just it, it's emotional for me just to listen to him tell it, but I was overtaken with emotion because it, it's a flood of emotion where you started. Hamilton High School in Los Angeles, University of Washington and Don James giving you a chance. And then happened to go to the CFL and Hugh Campbell giving you an opportunity, winning Grey Cups, and then finally getting to the NFL and people putting more respect on your name not and the color of your skin and realizing. And all he ever wanted to do, you know, be known as a quarterback who's black and now he's in the Hall of Fame. And he'll tell stories about James Harris and, and Doug Williams, you know, guys that yep. mentored him along the way that had to go through difficult times. And I just I can't fathom it. But well, I, I, I learned a great deal because those guys – were able to walk me through guys that I've talked to stories sure. that I would have never been able to to know anything about other than feeling guys around you. But when they get intimate and tell stories, it's wow. it, it it's a it's a sobering, sobering. Great stuff. Great show. Have a fabulous weekend, buddy. Really good show today. Yes, I I loved it too. These are topics that are just the the, the greatest thing about this. And thank you. Is dialogue's important, right? Yes, have to have it's it. Important. Yep. And, it, and it's not going away anytime soon with some of these issues we talked about. So we'll keep Amen. it on it. Great stuff, man. I love you, brother. Have a good love. bye weekend, and I'll look forward to talking to you next week. Love you too, buddy. All right, let's get to our Crowd Ultra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com, and maybe I'll answer your question right here on my podcast. David wants to know, what are the chances there's no MLB season this year? You know what, David? It's a great question. With Major League Baseball, you never know. I think they are completely out of touch with reality. I, I just don't get it. Billionaires and millionaires in this day and age not been able to come to terms on an agreement. It's absolutely ridiculous. Colin says, what's your take on Charles Oakley saying the NBA is being ruined by money? tattoos, and the three-point shot. I didn't hear Charles Oakley say that. What do tattoos have to do with anything? I'd agree with him. I think the three-point shot needs to be changed. I think it is having an effect and a negative one uh, on the NBA. Reed wants to know, where is a good landing spot for Garoppolo? Any team that wants to win, to me, would be a good landing spot for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's made it very clear. He obviously wants to go to a good team. Uh, there are some teams out there that needs a quarterback. Maybe Tampa Bay. Maybe he'll be the quarterback of the Bucks next year. Matt wants to know your take on Brian Flores, saying he was offered a bonus. We obviously covered that in the podcast with Sean Salisbury. Andy said you said you wouldn't trade Aaron Rodgers. So what would you do with him if he doesn't want to play in Green Bay anymore? Andy, if he's adamant about not playing in Green Bay, then yes, I would trade him. But I still think it's going to work out. Duncan asked, how do you think Evander Kane – fits in at Edmonton. You know, the problem with Kane is he's his own worst enemy. Can he stay on the ice? Can he stay out of trouble? You know, that's the biggest key with Evander Kane. Jake asked, what's your opinion of the University of Texas now being sponsored by Tito's Vodka? I did not see that, but nothing surprises me in this day and age. Jackson asked, do you see similarities between the Bengals and Grizzlies? Great, great question. I do see similarities. Absolutely. That's a very good question. And I haven't thought of it until just now. But yes, I do see similarities. Mark Asker, you're going to watch NASCAR at the LA Coliseum this weekend. Not unless my TV is broken and that's the only channel that it's on. All right. Keith asked, will Elway get in trouble for the Flores situation? Well, I read John Elway's statement on my podcast. He's pretty adamant that he did absolutely nothing wrong. Xavier wants to know, do you pay attention to the United States men's national team? I do not. Luke wants to know, how do the Bengals beat the Rams? First and foremost, Luke, they got to protect Burrow. That offensive line against the front seven of the Rams is absolutely key. Dylan asked, do you like the Washington Commander's name? No, I don't. Martin wants to know, do you think we will ever see a player who plays like Dennis Robin again? Great question. And the answer to that question is no. Trevor wants to know, how will the Jazz do with Joe Ingles? I think it's a big loss for him. I really do. I mean, they still might do well, but I don't think they're going to beat the Suns or the Warriors. It's time for Rant. Rant. Today's Rant's brought to you by the Home Theater Company. Audio, video, and home theater. Just go online, hometheatercompany.com. You know, you look at the standings in the West going into last night. You know the 10th place team in the West are the Portland Trailblazers at 21 and 31? I mean, is that really what the NBA wants with the play-in tournament? 
You want a team that's 10 games under 500 getting into the play-in tournament? You know, I understand that it creates some interest with more teams around the league, but that's embarrassing. Seriously. You got a 10th place team that currently is 10 games under 500, and let's say after 82 games, they're 9 games, or 10 games, or 11 games. Does a team like that really deserve a chance to get into the playoffs? I don't think so. I don't like it. I think it's now bad for the NBA. I understand they're trying to get more fans with more teams interested. But at what point? 10 games under 500 would get you into the play-in tournament? Screw that. I don't like that at all. And that's my rant for today. And that is my podcast for today. Great that you could join us. Hope you have a fabulous weekend. And as always, great having you here. If you don't like that, with Grant Napier. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.